Well, welcome to Experience New Meet the Expert podcast program. There are a series of seven short interviews with our experts to explore the new normal following the global pandemic. We're starting emerging needs in financial markets, and we'll look at how to face up to new challenges, identify innovative solutions during these unprecedented times. And today, we're going to discuss financial inclusion, economic growth, and job creation right across the region as it stands now in the current post-pandemic period. My name is Dominic Eves. I'm the Thought Leadership and Content Manager at Experience, the EMEA region. And I'm here today with Christina Jakob. She's Commercial Strategy Director for South Eastern Europe. And Rostislav Gilnikov is Senior Analytics Consultant, Berian. Christina leads the Commercial Strategy Team right across Southeastern Europe. She's right at the forefront of her industry. And she manages market needs and validations, and also advises on roadmap development. This is based directly on client feedback. Before joining Experience, Christina worked in management consulting, specifically dedicated to financial services and, and in ICT practice. Rostislav has 10 years' experience in the financial services industry. He joined Experian in 2010, working in decision analytics. Since 2016, he's been a business consultant, working right across the Central Eastern European region. Rostislav's focus is really risk management, KYC, know your customer, customer management, product development, and optimization. It's a pretty broad remit there. Both Christina and Ross have agreed to walk us through the impact of the adoption of an appetite for open banking and transactional data. And we're going to look at how they're improving credit and lending for consumers, as well as driving digital decisions for business. So, Christina, if they could, I'd like to start with you. It's clear the pandemic and the numerous lockdowns and the rapidly changing circumstances right across our region have had a massive impact on cash flow and income analysis for millions of consumers, small businesses, and sole traders. How would you say the institutions adapting and arising to the opportunities offered by open banking while safeguarding their businesses, consistently offering customers the best deals they can? Uh, hello, everyone. And thank you, Dom, for having me uh, on this podcast. It's both a pleasure and an honor for me to speak uh, to you today. So um, about the pandemic, I'm actually based in Italy. I'm actually based in Bergamo, you know, and for those of you who remember how the uh, pandemic started back in February 2020, I was in the first wave of lockdowns in Europe and therefore at the forefront of adapting to the new circumstances. What I'm seeing across Europe is that financial institutions and also companies in other verticals like telcos, uh, insurance or utilities continue to embrace and actually accelerate the open banking driven innovation in a context where the pandemic is fast tracking digitalization in the way businesses interact with their customers. The financial institutions particularly are prioritizing use cases that give immediate value to their activities, for example, by improving the client onboarding and engagement or the productivity of their employees. What did not change under the pandemic circumstances is the fact that the financial inclusion is critical to driving day-to-day financial well-being, economic growth and job creation across our region. So what does that mean? It means that consumers need to access credit while SMEs and banks' businesses' customers also need quick and accurate lending decisions. Looking closer at the Central and Eastern Europe, small and micro enterprises are actually predominant. They account for approximately 99% of all firms 
As such, they provide the main source of employment, accounting for more than 70% of jobs and are major contributors to value creation in uh, the respective national economies. Among consumers, interest in open banking is even higher. For example, research shows almost three out of four bank customers in Poland are interested in financial services based on open banking. And elsewhere, for example, 10 countries in the region, uh, namely uh, Bulgaria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Romania, Slovakia and Slovenia have been all identified as digital challengers. And what, what does that mean? Well, it actually means that all these countries have strong potential for growth in the rapidly evolving post-pandemic digital world because they are not weighted down by legacy systems. The new insights open banking provides is vital and will now also further benefit millions of commercial customers by offering improved access to finance for millions of sole traders, SME and micro businesses. And at the same time, the move to digital channels is allowing wider access to credit and lowering costs for borrowers. But it also naturally poses questions around responsible lending, the potential for financial exclusion, risk and fragility. Christina, that's a really comprehensive uh, summary there. But it's clear from what you've said that there's a widespread appetite for data sharing and data exchange among customers, particularly in Central and Eastern Europe. And that was quite a large number of countries you just mentioned there. But how do lenders actually make sense of the mass of data and information that they're getting? That's a very good point, Dom. But before addressing your question, let me just say that in my experience, both consumers and businesses are very aware of how important and powerful the open banking data is. Plus, it is very sensitive uh, data because it is the expression of our um, financial capabilities, preferences, behaviors, and so on. So in order for a consumer or a business to consent to banks or other institutions, to access their data, there needs to be an exchange of value. And I think this is one of the most critical points when we speak about making open banking real. What is the value that a client is going to get in exchange of them consenting to their bank or, or card transactions to be read? Now, in Europe, Payment Service Directive 2, PSD2, that is the legal framework for open banking, came into effect in September 2019, and we are recording this podcast in September 2020. So um, uh, PSD2 came into effect uh, basically one year ago. At Experian, we have seen open banking coming to life in different geographies like Italy uh, and Spain, and actually uh, since three years now in the UK, because open banking started there two years before the rest of Europe. So we have been driving the creation of big wins for consumers and businesses all this time under the form of different use cases, like, for example, digital instant lending for SMEs and consumers, affordability assessments and, and income verification or estimation, models for customer segmentation, churn, pre-approval or shadow limits based on transactional data. Since then, many strategic clients have contacted us 
to find out more. In Bulgaria, for instance, we've been working with one bank on income estimation modeling to help further advance affordability analysis and, of course, <laughs> great income estimations. And across the region, we also receive a growing request to scale geographically solutions that we implement for transactional company in one geography. The beauty of it is that we can do it because we have developed open banking capabilities like uh, transaction categorization or transactional analytics that are globally managed. In other words, you can develop a scoring model in Spain and port it out in Poland or Bulgaria because underneath you have the same taxonomy worldwide for the classification of bank and card account transactions. We can also develop a scoring model of any kind on your own transactional data and then make it work on other banks' data that you would access thanks to the PSD2 uh, framework. And how is that possible? Well, that is possible because underneath Experian puts the same taxonomy that normalizes the classification of bank account and uh, card account transaction at a national and actually, as I said before, worldwide level. While PSD2 offers a uh, seismic shift in affordability analysis, it is unlikely to bring an end to credit scores. Why, why not, you will ask? Because credit scores provide a benchmark of an individual credit risk and um, an indicator as to how they've managed their credit in the past. The bank uh, transactions reflect the customer's affordability risk and their ability to pay based on income and uh, expenditure. So the two data points complement each other rather than compete against each other with the potential to now enrich and add even more intelligence into scoring. Christina, that's, uh, that's a really comprehensive summary. Again, yeah, that's uh, really interesting. But Rostislav, I understand you can probably tell us a bit more about uh, the way transaction data works. Thanks. Thanks, Dominic. Hi, everyone. And thank you all for spending the time listening to this podcast. Indeed, as Christina explained, we have been developing PSD2 solutions here in Experian for quite some time now because we believe it brings enormous value. You know, uh, we in Experian are very much into data-driven decisions and we see the potential coming from open banking simply because we consider it as a new data source. It is clear how valuable internal transactional data is, but imagine if you can get uh, that from other institutions, from our customers. This brings us one step closer to our end game, to our ultimate goal complete customer insight, full 360-degree customer view. And this is one of the areas we're investing quite a bit these days. And because of this, we have developed a special product called Trousseau. Trousseau is a categorization engine in its nature, but it is also much more than that. It uses self-learning artificial intelligence to analyze and convert millions of transactions into simple and usable categories. Those categories allow us to see and understand the behavior of the customers in great details, how they spend or spending patterns as we call it, uh, their income, trends, fluctuations, and certain profiles, etc. This is important because first, 
none of this can be achieved by traditional scoring models or techniques that the financial institutions are used to. We need something much more powerful and, as we said, recent developments in technology, especially in artificial intelligence, allows us to do it. Secondly, we can really get to know our customers with all of uh, that information. Uh, why is this important? Well, because this way we can vastly improve the experience of our customers, of course. We can estimate very precisely the affordability of the customer and offer them the right products uh, to serve their needs. Talking about credit products here, for instance, uh, without overburdening the customer, without making it difficult for them, and also offering the right price naturally. You can think of it from another angle as well, personal finance management. Imagine you can offer to your clients the ability to understand how they spend their money. Uh, some institutions uh, like digital challenge and banks are doing something like this, uh, but in a simple way. And they are also quite, quite high tech, uh, these challenger banks. Trousseau allows for much more detailed overview. You can uh, make appropriate recommendations, give insight, so many things with PSD2 data. The Experian uh, Open Data Platform has a repository of over 150 application program interfaces, or APIs as they are known, uh, that provide insight on demographics, lifestyle, financial and non-financial product information. When uh, consider this, uh, as the driving force uh, in our future developments in that area and basically uh, the means of providing a better understanding of the customers and their behavior. Uh, for instance, in the UK, where open banking has been up and running a bit longer uh, with customer consent, the open data platform provides uh, connectivity to online personal and business current accounts and web as well as to consumer and uh, commercial bureau scores and numerous other complementary services for identity and verification. This way, we have a complete solution of uh, the sort that incorporates, aggregates uh, various types of information into a common and convenient suit uh, that we can use. This platform in the UK is handling more than 50 million successful API calls every month. And this is really, really huge. Uh, the other markets are following because uh, the value is clear and more and more of our clients are getting scared a bit that they can actually fall behind uh, their competitors. Again, Britain had a bit of a head start uh, and we may wonder whether Central Eastern European banks are generally ready to plug into a mass repository of APIs. Uh, but the competition is driving this. And actually, this was the idea of the European Parliament and the Council when PSD2 was adopted. For example, we have a client which serves a lot of middle and high-end uh, high customers. And this is a good example here. Interestingly, this smart data savvy customer base had little hesitation in sharing data. When it could be shown, it was uh, advantageous for them to do it. Uh, 
I mean, it's clear if you want uh, the customer to give you something, you need to give something back. A better service, some bonuses, better price, you name it. But it is worth it. To mention, uh, in other countries like Spain and Italy and also in CE, uh, we experimented with successful first use cases enabled by PSD2 data. Uh, like account aggregation or personal finance management and digital instant lending uh, to prospects. This is something quite innovative and the banks have never seen it before. And I'm quite proud actually that Experian is behind many of these early successes. It's also worth noting uh, the Experian approach to open banking or PSD2 here uh, helps safeguard customers from fraud and ID theft. So there's a twofold advantage to banks and their customers. For instance, applying machine learning to fraud analytics has helped flag suspicious transactions much faster. With one uh, of our European lenders sees a 12% uptick in fraud safeguard, which accounts for nearly 40 million euro uh, in uh, potential customer losses. Last but not least, I've been talking a lot already, uh, but just uh, wanted to share how useful PSD2 uh, data is, profiling and full customer overview that we can do uh, for marketing activities, offering the right product or the right next best product to our customers and having the right tailored campaign with high response rates. Everyone is interested in growing their market share, right? Yeah, everyone is interested in growing their market share. Thank you, Roslov. That's uh, and thanks again, Christina. Uh, that's been a fantastic session. And given the impact of the pandemic on banking innovation, probably one we should look at again in more detail soon.